hi, my name is Scott, and I have read all of the Harry Potter books multiple times. I've seen all of the movies, and like most of my peers, I continue to be a Harry Potter enthusiast to this day. And I'm Becky, and I have never read a Harry Potter book or seen any of the films, which makes me the ultimate muggle. Join us as we make our way through each book, section by section, where Becky will make predictions about what she thinks will happen next. And Scott will try to convince me why it's a good series worth reading and maybe even worth loving. everyone. Welcome to A Muggle's Guide to Hogwarts, where we're examining the Harry Potter series with the ultimate muggle, someone who has never read the books, never seen the movies, and never intended to do so until now. Yeah. Happy bonus episode. Bonus episode. We're back. It's been a few months. It has been a while. Life is crazy. We haven't really been in the same state for longer than... I don't know, a handful of days in a while. So sorry about that. But thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, we've had a lot of real life stuff going on, but uh, we're back and we're here for the season two bonus episode Bonus, where we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the movie. Yes, because we watched the movie. We watched the movie like two months ago. We almost. Wa- yeah, we watched the movie. <laughs> we've been trying to fit this in. We watched the movie a while yeah, ago. Maybe like six weeks. It was like, it was in August. But yeah. Yeah. We, we watched, watched it a while ago. We watched it with some friends, which was interesting. We, some other people who are very into Harry Potter. Yeah. We watched it with some real intense Harry Potter fans. Yeah. Shout out Kate and Dave. Thanks for letting us watch it at your home on your beautiful TV and your beautiful den. I don't know. Was that a den? Would you call that a den? Nope. What makes something a den? I think you have to be like a fox or a bear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, anyway, so we watched the movie a while ago with some good friends, but we're here to talk about it. We're going to talk about our thoughts, how the book relates to the movie, major differences, major similarities, and generally how Becky feels about the movie overall, because... We went through the entire book. Becky made all of her predictions. And I think at the end of it, she like, I think your reaction was you liked it better than the first book. And now you're at least a little bit more invested in the series. Yeah, I think that's where I landed. Mm, Yeah. Okay, but I do want to say that even though we watched it together and with our friends like six weeks ago, I actually got up this morning and watched it super early while you were still sleeping um, to refresh myself so that I would like kind of relive or remember how I felt about some of the key moments. (laughs) Well, let's get into it. So what were your overall thoughts on the movie itself? Can I just say something before we start? Sure. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) A long time ago, it it was before we started this podcast. Uh Becky and I were sick or something, and we were in our living room, and we were 
flipping through Netflix or something, trying to figure out something to watch to make us feel better. And I was like, oh, let's put on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets because it's like a comfort film mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. This was before you had read anything, before any of this had started. And you like rolled your eyes and you're like, fine, I'm not going to pay attention anyway. And I just remember you going through it and you hating it. We didn't make it all the way through. I definitely fell asleep halfway through because I was not well. But I just remember you hating what we were watching and thinking it was really terrible. But maybe now with a little bit more context, it's a little bit more approachable or a little bit better. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember that you put it on. Yeah. And I immediately think I like did something else or did not pay attention. Um, And you fell asleep. (laughs) I mean, I think maybe I watched like five or ten minutes and then like I usually do when Harry Potter has been on in the background, I just completely tune it out. Yeah, <laughs> but, okay, fair enough. And you fell asleep. This is not my favorite movie. You know, it does seem like this movie is kind of stuck in a weird place between like, okay, we're not just like introducing this whole story in this world. Like it doesn't have that kind of excitement. And it's trying to be a little darker, but it can't quite fully go there yet because they're still so young. It does seem like it's kind of caught in the middle. Do you agree? Does that track? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely kind of more light, like lighthearted, because as you said, they're still really, really young. Like the actors are really young. This is for a really young audience. And it's it takes the the third movie and on all get a lot darker all more mature it switches directors Mm -hmm. and the entire style of the films change completely but yeah i think you're right this is the book is a lot darker than the first one is it i don't know there's a monster going around killing well not killing but petrifying school children it's pretty dark yeah the snake and the fang and the poison. I don't know. Like, people's lives are on the line. Like, I think he's trying to kill Ginny and Harry. He's yeah. not trying to petrify them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is a life-threatening situation they're in. I guess it probably was in the first one, too. I don't know. It, the Sorcerer's Stone, it's more like the evil is an object. and this one, the evil is a person. The stakes feel higher in this one because school kids are literally getting attacked. Right. right? And mm-hmm. yeah, that didn't really happen in the first one. Hogwarts is on danger of shutting down. Yeah. It's, there's more at stake for the students there, but especially for Harry because Hogwarts is his home, right? He identifies it as his home and he doesn't want it to shut down. Just like how Tom Riddle didn't want the school to shut down when it was opened way back in the day. On top of all that, this is not my favorite movie because... Not only is the story, I think, in a weird place and the and it may be hard to translate to film because of what you were saying, but also the kids are slightly older, but they're st- like the, the actual actors mm-hmm. are slightly older, but they're not any better at acting. So it's just <laughs> like it's not fantastic. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just kind of a rough watch, especially now watching it back. Maybe as a kid, it mm-hmm. didn't really matter. And I was in love with it. Little bit rough watching it back. Who do you think is the best actor? The best child actor? Yeah. Oh man. And it's really hard. I'm just now thinking of this. It's really hard that they're pairing them against some of the 
best adult actors of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Alan Rickman, mm-hmm. Maggie Smith. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's even more noticeable than if everyone was bad and it was just campy. But who's your favorite child actor and who's your favorite adult actor? Oh, man. In, in this movie in particular? Uh, yeah, I guess at this time, like not beyond this movie, like at this time. They're all not great. All the child actors are really not good. And, you know, of course not. They're, this is like their second film they've ever been in. They're literally 12 years old. It's, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm not blaming anyone. I think maybe Emma Watson is my favorite at this point. Okay. Uh, but I'm not really sure. It's a really hard one to yeah. call. I heard a, a complaint about her recently, just this week, actually. Um, someone was saying on a different podcast that she's just too cute. Like, like they try to kind of like, like that the casting is off, that Hermione, Hermione isn't supposed to be mm. like, attractive and i know we're talking about kids now so this is weird but like even as a kid she was so cute and then later when she grows up she's like really a really beautiful woman so it's like kind of doesn't fit the character how do you feel about that that's been something that's been around for a long time like ever since the movies came out people have been complaining about that yeah it's funny that you're just like you're now you're (laughs) seeing all you're seeing all these things yeah i don't really care okay i mean I is think she people, what you pictured? Because you read at least the first book before you yeah. saw a movie. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I think she's along the lines of who I, pi- I pictured. Yeah. People, you know, in the book, she's described as someone with really like untamable bushy hair, and but I feel like there was a thing about people wanting Hermione to be black. Oh. Because in the books, it's not very clear. Hmm. And. I don't know. I feel there's like there's a, there's a camp of, of people, I feel like, who are on board with Hermione being a black character in the book. I mean, that sounds great. I love that. But aren't there like pictures and stuff of them on the cover? There's never a picture of Hermione on the cover. I don't there think. There was one on this book. I don't think so. Go get it. Where I want to go get it. Okay, I got it. I thought it was her on the back, but... It's actually, I think, Jenny Weasley. Yeah, it's a yeah. redheaded girl it's, it's holding, holding Jenny. Yeah, a redheaded Wait, boy's the, hand. But I think that's supposed to be Hermione. That no, she's a cat. Remember? Yeah, maybe, maybe she's a <laughs> Hermione. I, th- I think that's probably supposed to be Mrs. Norris. No, that doesn't look anything is she, like is she Mrs. On the, Norris. Is she on the inside? No. Flap? No. What? Yeah, because she didn't go into the chamber. Right. She wouldn't be down there. She was a cat. I don't think. Hermione is on any of the cover art. Okay. Anywhere. So I think there's like. She's a black cat. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what about the adult actors? Do you have a favorite at this point? I mean, Alan Rickman's just incredible. Can't beat him. And Maggie Smith's incredible too, but Alan Rickman gets much more time in the films. Yeah. And I mean, I I think Alan Rickman's probably in this film is probably Mm -hmm. my favorite. But all the yeah, all the yeah. I'm trying to figure out if there's like a character who's really good, like who's just like a little more obscure, like maybe not one of the main like like a Neville or something. Neville or a um, Oliver Wood. He has like that Irish Mm, accent. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit older. Um, and who else? Oh, you know who's acting? I didn't like in this movie. Who? Moaning Myrtle. 
not so much her acting as like her. I was just listening to it this morning and like her voice is so stylized. Like yeah, they, they had to have done something to it. Do you like, do you think that that person's voice actually sounds like probably that? Probably not. No, it's kind of insane. They they really leaned into the moaning part of it. Like the this is high pitched, really horrible voice that you don't want to listen to. And yeah. I, I like moaning mortal is the reason that bathroom is not used, right? It's because she haunts the bathroom and everyone doesn't want to have to deal with her. Right. And so I think they, that's like the character they made in the film. Oh, I know she's supposed to be annoying, with. but it's like, it's really it's annoying. the particular really well. stylization of the voice is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So let's, let's, Get into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped ahead there. But yes, let's talk about it. So what are your overall thoughts on the movie itself? How'd you like it? It was it was a pretty good showing of the book, I thought. Um, it always feels rushed when you're watching a movie after just like having the time of reading the book. Like I was watching it this morning and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's at the Weasleys. Oh my gosh, the flu powder. Oh my gosh, Nocturne Alley. Like it was just like happening really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the nature of taking a book and compressing it to an hour and a half movie. So I don't mind that so much. Um, it It's a pretty fun time. There are still some things that gross me out in this movie though. Gross you out? Like yeah, what? I, I really don't like him vomiting up slugs. That's really gross. That's a pretty gross one, yeah. I really, really don't like it when Harry's bo- arm doesn't have any bones. <laughs> I really. A classic scene. There there was a big difference between reading that and being like, oh my gosh, funny, to like seeing it and like wanting to throw up. <laughs> like, it was really bad. Nice. I really didn't like that. I love that scene because because oh, the sound gosh. it makes too when oh, he's wiggling no, around. No, oh, no, it's no, great. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like that. Um, oh, but we we really need to talk about Dobby. Mm, yes, the the weasel in the room. I feel will. like you absolutely hate Dobby. I would not care if he never showed up again. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. (laughs) But you've been telling me that he gets better. But now I've like seen him in real life. Oh, I thought he looked a little different because there's like a sketch here. Let me check the book. There's like a sketch of him. Chapter two, I think. Chapter two. Yeah, he looks a little less disgusting in this sketch. Like. Yeah. His eyes are a little clear. He looks just a little younger and less like dirty. Yeah. But I know he's supposed to be dirty. This was also like these movies were made a long time ago. Right. This is like pretty early CGI stuff mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty annoying too. And I just like, I guess I, I still just don't understand his purpose. But. Well, the purpose in this book was he tried to protect Harry and then, yeah, what did he do? I'm going to say like the story could have happened completely without Dobby, 
Like Harry just could have gone back to Hogwarts and experienced all of this. So like, what is Dobby bringing to the table? Just like kind of this, these threats of impending doom, like people are out to get Harry. He's in danger. Like it's kind of showing that he's has people coming after him, I guess. Well, Dobby plays a much more important role later on in the series, Mm -hmm. like a very significant role. Mm hmm. And maybe this is just setting that up for further down the line. But yeah, in this book and in this Does he film, give any clue or does he do anything that is essential to the plot? He tries to, but well, all of the difficulties that Harry gets into is basically because of him. Like he right. they can't get to Hogwarts, so they drive the car, oh, they yeah. crash the car. Yeah. The car drives off, the car. They just saves needed someone to meddle. Yeah, kind of. They needed I guess some that, conflict. I guess. I guess. <laughs> so but yeah. I don't know. He has that like Jar Jar Binks quality, I guess, where it's like this creature that you either love to hate or hate that you love a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to give him a chance. Okay. I'm willing to give him a chance. Okay. So Good. That's that. What do you think of Lockhart? Well, Lockhart was great. I felt like my like thought of how he would present himself was was pretty accurate. It's pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. Um he was great. He was a fun character. The you were right, the duel was what much more obvious in this. I watched that scene this morning, the duel between Snape and Lockhart. Cause I was so confused in the book. I just didn't yeah, I just didn't get it. Yeah. But it was much more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um it's scary. The spider scene was very scary. Yeah else was scary the ending was pretty terrifying actually seen a young Voldemort Tom Riddle right and he kills the snake with the sword through the roof of the mouth all that was pretty crazy the whomping willow was terrifying like that I was kind of thinking like like a weeping willow Mm -hmm. you can picture that and like the the twigs like like little whips yeah you know Uh, But this was like this whole huge tree was like that could kill someone. (laughs) Um, I also liked this kind of goes into like things moving really quickly and child actors. But I was watching it again this morning and the whole plan that Hermione concocts immediately is like, okay, we can make this most complicated potion and become Crab and Goyle and like this whole thing. (laughs) And they're like is that going to work? Like they're trying to poke holes in it. And she's like, it's the only plan we've got. And they just do it immediately. Like no second thought. Like that's literally her line. She's like, it's the only one we have that I just came up with 10 seconds ago. (laughs) So I think that pace, like we've kind of poked fun at that in the book already, but it's even more obvious in a movie where like, you do not have time to like sit around and wait. It's just like, nope, next moving on. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. One thing that I want you to pay attention to when we watch the movies Mm -hmm. is the role that the three heroes play. So Mm -hmm. like the role that Harry has, the role that Ron has, and the role that Hermione has. Because I think they're very different in the film than they are in the Mm, book. Interesting. The role they play and also the relationship they have with each other. People talk about this a lot, but one of the arguments that people make is that Ron especially is kind of 
really just relegated to like the comedy person mm, like yeah. he's just kind of there for laughs he's got the weird facial expressions he does the yeah. silly dumb things he's throwing up slugs he does that in the book too but in the book he's also a very loyal friend yeah he plays, he's like a buddy yeah he plays a more supportive important role in yeah. the story supporting the entire group of heroes but especially harry so and i get in the film they have to maybe dumb things down they can't show the complex relationships as well but it'll be something interesting to look at as we go through mm-hmm. uh, and as, you know, we see these characters evolve through the film, what those roles are specifically that they play. Yeah. Okay. I will, I will keep an eye on that. Yeah. I'm excited for the next book and the next movie. I've heard really good things about them. So we are going to start that immediately, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. So our plan is... We're jumping into season three very quickly. Yep. And we're going to try and get all of season three out by the end of the year. Yeah, which would be, I think we started at the beginning of this year. So getting three three books in, three seasons out by the end of the year is our goal. We'd like to keep doing this. I mean, I think we're kind of assessing each book as we go. Um, But we would also really love for our listeners, if you guys can like tell a few people or, you know, anytime Harry Potter comes up, if you just want to spread the word a little bit that we're doing this, um, I know, you know, Harry Potter is not news, but it might be a fun thing for people to revisit that haven't read the books in a while or haven't really thought about it um, as an adult. So Recommend it if you can, like it, uh, subscribe, leave a review. That would be amazing. Um, there are a lot of Harry Potter podcasts out there. We're doing something a little bit different. Um, and we would just love some support from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think Harry Potter is like always relevant in some way. Mm-hmm. It's always in the news in some form or another. You can always yeah. find people talking about it. Especially, they're making a new TV series. Are they? Yeah. Oh. They they announced a little while ago they're creating a whole TV series based off the books, and they're going to be try and be more true to the source material than the films. So it's always happening. Something's always Something's always happening with never Harry Potter. Goes away. Yeah, and it's spooky season. It's October first today. Yeah, witchy season. Yeah, and I I I think Harry Potter gets lumped. I think people get in the mood when there's like magical and witch things around i've heard people being like oh like now that the weather's changing i'm really in the mood to watch harry potter yeah yeah (laughs) do we have a couple of listener stories yeah so we asked you guys to send in some harry potter stories memories experiences that you've had And uh, we had a couple come in, so we want to share them with you Mm -hmm. uh, before we sign off. One of my really good friends, Tyler, sent in just kind of a a nice short little memory of Harry Potter-related childhood times. Uh, And it was with me, actually. Uh, he, he, He said that he remembered us. I think it was me, him, and maybe one other buddy going to the local public library in our hometown for the midnight release of one of the books. Mm. I don't even remember what book it was. It was probably later in the series. Were they selling the books or like you could check out the book? You could, I think, I don't know. Because if they were, if you could check it out, you probably only have like a few copies. 
I I think I think they were maybe probably maybe them, they were selling them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and people were dressing up mm. and people were bringing wines and we went and, you know, as kids, it's kind of fun to stay up to midnight for like yeah. special things. So mm. we all went, uh, stayed until midnight and, and then after midnight, the book was released and I guess we, I guess we purchased it or maybe we checked it out from the library. Uh, but that was a really fun time. And Tyler's wife named Emily shared a little memory of how. Her aunt had haul, all of the hardback copies of the books on her shelf when she was growing up. And every time she would go over to her aunt's house, she would see the hardback copies there. Uh, and then eventually when she, Emily got old enough, her aunt gifted her all of the books when she was old enough to actually, I guess, read and appreciate the the books, which Aww. is a really nice memory. That's really sweet. That's what lovely. a nice gift, especially after like seeing them on the shelf and probably thinking they were like, grown-up books and they were probably nice good condition hardback books and them getting them gifted to you that's yeah. really sweet yeah. i like that that is really sweet thank you tyler and emily for sharing those uh awesome memories yeah okay i have one from our friend hallie hi hallie uh, i'm gonna read it now um and it has a title it's called the classic younger sibling dilemma very cute all right, <clears throat> here we go. For anyone who has a sibling, they will understand. Parents never want to buy two of something when they can buy one and make you share. Both my older sister and I were avid Harry Potter fans, reading each book as it came out from the third book onwards. Naturally, this meant one book was purchased for us to share. Because she was older, my sister always got to read the book first, and then it would be my turn. This worked for the first few releases because I was young, naive, and had yet to recognize the injustice of this policy. She has injustice in quotes, <laughs> just so you know. Um, it all came to a head when The Half-Blood Prince was published. I was 13. My sister was 17. In preparation for the release, I decided to reread Order of the Phoenix while I waited for her to read the new book. And waited and waited. It took her 3.5 weeks... <laughs> to finish the book, 607 pages. In that same time frame, I was able to reread the fifth book three times through, 766 pages, tripled to 2,298 pages. Damn. After two weeks, I started bargaining. Would she relent the book for two days with a bookmark to hold her spot so I could read it? The answer was always no. No matter the logic, I cannot tell you how much time I spent lamenting to anyone who would listen, and those who didn't want to, that the faster reader should get the book first. So the second person doesn't have to wait as long. It just makes sense. Apparently, I kicked up enough fuss over the next two years that when the final book was released for the first time, for the first and only time, my parents bought us each our own book to shut me up. Really channeled my inner Hermione. I share this because even at 31 years old, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> I imagine there are other younger siblings out there who will relate and feel my pain. <laughs> P.S. I have since purchased the other six books for myself as an adult because apparently the other books are my sister's <laughs> somehow. The injustice continues, but I press her. Persevere. Persevere. I'm sorry. I couldn't get that last really, word out. Hallie, you got, you got her going. That's a great story. <laughs> I 
couldn't get that out. It's so funny. So dramatic. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. I agree with Hallie. Do you? That the faster reader should should get it first? Yes. I do agree. I I don't I mean, I don't know if I had the same problem. Obviously you didn't have that problem with Harry Potter. And they weren't really releasing new versions of the Bible, so we didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> My sister and I definitely were reading Harry Potter at the same time, mm-hmm. but I don't think we really ever had that issue of someone wanting it at some point and someone wanting it at a different point. I remember... You were reading the same copy of the book? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we had separate copies. Yeah, we definitely didn't. Um, but I don't know. We were we were better at taking turns, I guess. I guess. Yeah, or, or it could alternate. Like, maybe the... It's just like, okay, you get it first this time and you get it first next time or yeah. whatever. But the the older sibling always. Yeah. And she should have let you bookmark it and read it. Like, were you guys always reading at the same time? Like, if she's 17, like, she's probably, like, playing. Well, I was going to say she's probably playing volleyball. Hallie was probably playing volleyball, too. But. Let's, let's just be fair, okay? Let's be honest with each other. Hallie probably would have gotten through that book in like three days yeah. and then given it to her sister. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> the injustice. I love that you included that it still makes you mad because um, that's really petty and I love it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for sending that in, Hallie. That's great. Thanks everyone so much for listening. We hope you've been enjoying this journey together with us. We certainly have been having a great time. We're going to be back really soon with the start of season three. So stay tuned. And as Becky was saying earlier, please share this with your friends. Tell a friend about it. Tell a family member. If there's anyone that likes Harry Potter that hasn't read it in a long time, wants to jump in, they can come with us and read through the books with us. We would love that. And if you have time, give us a rating, give us a review. That would help a lot uh, towards the future success and continuation of this podcast. Yeah, join us as we continue. I'm excited to read the third book. I'm going to start this week. And I promise we won't leave you hanging for this long again. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) All right. If we can help it. (laughs) We'll talk to you all very soon. Bye.